There are two major wars going on in the world right now, and the United States has played a key role in fueling both violent conflicts. Now, I've done a few reports here looking at how the United States has been trying to prevent peace in Palestine and how in the UN Security Council, the US has used its veto power to kill resolutions calling for a ceasefire. Well, today I'm going to be analyzing how the United States has been doing exactly the same in Ukraine, trying to prevent peace from breaking out in Ukraine and killing peace deals between Russia and the Ukrainian government. There is a growing mountain of evidence showing that the Western powers prevented Russia and Ukraine from signing a peace deal. And this October and November, there were two other very strong pieces of evidence that emerged. First is that the former leader of Germany, the ex-chancellor Gerhard Schroeder, he admitted in an interview with a German newspaper that he was negotiating peace between Russia and Ukraine in March of 2022, and the United States did not want peace, and the United States ordered Ukraine to sabotage the peace process. Therefore, he's acknowledging very clearly that the Ukrainian government is simply a puppet of the U.S., and that Washington killed a peace proposal that Russia had supported. Then there was another very powerful piece of evidence, which was an admission by one of the top allies of Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky, the leader of Zelensky's political party, admitted in an interview to the same thing. He acknowledged that Russia did want peace, and they wanted a peace deal in March 2022, in which they wanted Ukraine to guarantee neutrality and to guarantee that it would never join the U.S.-led NATO Western Military Alliance. And then he added in this interview that Britain's former prime minister, Boris Johnson, pressured Ukraine to kill the deal and they did not sign a peace agreement with Russia, despite the fact that Russia wanted a peace agreement. This confirms what was also admitted by Israel's former Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, who was a mediator between Ukraine and Russia in this war, and he likewise said that the Western powers led by the U.S. killed the attempt to broker a peace agreement between Russia and Ukraine. These are just two new pieces of evidence, among many other. Today, I'm going to be analyzing them further, but I want to provide a larger context because it is often left out of the Western corporate media's coverage. Now, much of the world is focused on the brutal Israeli war on Gaza, and this makes perfect sense because Israel is breaking records with the number of Palestinians that it is killing, even the New York Times, which is a very pro-Israel newspaper, acknowledged that as of the 22nd of November, in less than seven weeks of bombing, Israel had killed more than 14,000 Palestinians, including more than 10,000 women and children. The New York Times acknowledged that the number of Palestinians killed by Israel in a very short period of time is higher than in other conflicts, making it one of the bloodiest wars of the 21st century. And specifically, the New York Times mentioned another war that is not mentioned as much these days, which is the ongoing war in Ukraine. 
The New York Times reported that more than twice as many women and children have already been reported killed in Gaza in just seven weeks than have been confirmed killed in Ukraine after two years nearly, and that is according to United Nations figures. And today I'm going to be talking about that war because just as much of the Western media coverage of Israel's brutal war on Gaza is biased in the interest of Israel, Similarly, much of the Western media's coverage of the war in Ukraine has been extremely skewed, and it's very important to understand basic facts about this conflict. Now, if you only listen to the narrative of Western governments, they would claim that Vladimir Putin, the Russian leader, invaded Ukraine in February 2022 in a blatant act of aggression that was completely unprovoked, and it's because Putin is evil and there, there is no reason, no rational reason for this war happening. This is a completely infantile, ridiculous argument that ignores all of the historical context. But I'm not saying that we need to go back hundreds of years or even to the 1940s and 50s when Ukraine became part of the Soviet Union. Instead, I think the most important date to go back to is 2008. That was the year in which the U.S. government declared that Ukraine would join NATO, the U.S.-led Western Military Alliance. This was reported on at the time by the mainstream British newspaper The Guardian, which noted that NATO allies were divided over whether or not Ukraine and Georgia should join. Georgia, along with Ukraine, was another former part of the Soviet Union. And this report from 2008 pointed out that it was the United States and the United Kingdom that were pushing for Ukraine and Georgia to join NATO, but at least six European NATO members opposed the U.S. move. At the time, Germany's leader, Chancellor Angela Merkel, warned that Ukraine joining NATO, quote, would increase friction with Russia. That is what The Guardian reported. They warned back in 2008 that Russia would see this as an act of aggression and potentially war. And here we are today with this horrific war that is going on in Ukraine. Now, the war did not begin in 2022. The war began in 2014 when there was a violent coup d'etat that overthrew Ukraine's democratically elected president, Viktor Yanukovych, who was geopolitically neutral. Now, the U.S. government supported that coup, and the second-in-command of the State Department today, a neoconservative hawk named Victoria Nuland, she was physically present in Ukraine supporting the Putschists. At that time, Nuland was a top figure in the State Department under Barack Obama, and there's even a leaked recording in which Nuland and the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine can be heard discussing who the leaders of the post-coup regime in Ukraine will be. So uh, I don't think Cleet should go into the government. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a good idea. I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. He's, he's the guy, you know, what he needs is Cleet and Tani Book on the outside. He needs to be talking to them four times a week. This coup set off a civil war inside Ukraine and according to United Nations figures, between 2014 and 2021, before Russia sent a single troop into Ukraine, more than 14,000 Ukrainians died in this war that was fueled by the West. 
And that brings us to today, to the latest admission by this top Ukrainian official and by the former leader of Germany that it was the United States and its allies that prevented peace in Ukraine, killing this peace deal that Russia supported. And I'm going to start looking at a report from October. And this was published in a mainstream Ukrainian newspaper called Ukrainska Pravda, Ukrainian Truth. And I should emphasize, this is an, a vehemently anti-Russian newspaper. It is essentially a Ukrainian propaganda outlet. And if you go on their website, you can see that they're constantly trying to raise money and saying that they're part of the information war against Russia. And they even portray in their ads, they portray Russian soldiers as zombies that, that the, the brave Ukrainian army is fighting against. So you should keep in mind that th this is being acknowledged even by the most biased of sources. And in October, they acknowledged that Germany's former chancellor, Gerhard Schroeder, he said that he was negotiating peace between Russia and Ukraine in March of 2022. And Schroeder was the former chancellor of Germany from the Social Democratic Party, the SPD. And he said that the U.S. disrupted peace talks between Ukraine and Russia at the beginning of the Russian invasion, which started in February of 2022. Now, this was according to an interview that Schroeder did with the German newspaper Berliner Zeitung. And in this newspaper, the former German chancellor said that Russia had a peace agreement and there were five points in this peace plan. Ukraine had to reject NATO membership. It had to agree to two official languages, which is Russian and Ukrainian, because a large minority of Ukrainians in the East spoke Russian as their native language. And after the 2014 U.S.-backed coup removed Ukraine's democratically elected neutral government and installed a pro-Western regime, the rights of Russian-speaking Ukrainians were often violated and they were oppressed. Now, the third condition of the Russian peace deal was that there had to be autonomy for the Donbass region in the east. The fourth was security guarantees for Ukraine. And the fifth was negotiations on the status of Crimea. And in this interview, the former German Chancellor Schroeder said, quote, the only people who could resolve the war over Ukraine are the Americans. So acknowledging that it was the United States that was really in charge here. And he said, Ukrainians did not agree to peace because they were not allowed to. They had to coordinate everything they talked about with the Americans first. This is according to Germany's former chancellor, Gerhard Schroeder, a major Western politician, acknowledging that Ukraine is essentially a U.S. puppet regime since the 2014 coup and that they don't make any decisions without being told what to do by Washington. And then he said, nothing eventually happened. My impression is that nothing could happen because everything else was decided in Washington. Schroeder added that Russia believes the West wants to expand NATO into the post-Soviet area, especially Georgia and Ukraine. And he said, quote, no one at the head of Russia will allow this to happen. Now, this is not just 
empty speculation. NATO made it clear in the 2008 summit, U.S. President George Bush made it clear in the 2008 NATO summit that Ukraine and Georgia will eventually join NATO. It's not just a crazy Russian paranoia, but of course, this Ukrainian propaganda outlet, Uskrenska Pravda, they try to portray this former German leader, Schroeder, as a Putin puppet, claiming that, you know, he's friends with Putin, all this nonsense. But even they cannot help but acknowledge the fact that Russia wanted peace and it was the U.S. that prevented peace. Now, if you don't believe the former leader of Germany, there was another bombshell piece of evidence published in November, and this was also acknowledged in the same Ukrainian newspaper. And in this interview that was done with Ukraine's channel One Plus One, a top ally of President Vladimir Zelensky acknowledged that, yes, Russia did want peace in the negotiations in March of 2022. This was admitted by David Arakhamia, who is the leader of the political party Servant of the People, and that is the political party of Zelensky. It is named after the TV show that Zelensky was the star of, Servant of the People, which was also funded by the same billionaire oligarch who funded his political party and his campaign to run for president. So quite literally, Zelensky went from playing president on TV as an actor to actually being president. And one of his top allies, the leader of the parliamentary faction of his party, David Arakamia, he led the Ukrainian delegation at the peace talks with Russia in Turkey, formerly known as Turkey, and also in Belarus in the spring of 2022. And he said the Russian delegation promised Kiev peace in exchange for refusing to join NATO. And in this interview with a Ukrainian journalist, it was revealed that Russian leader Putin had shown a, in a draft peace agreement with Ukraine that was allegedly agreed to during negotiations that started in Istanbul, Turkey, and continued in Belarus. And according to Putin, there were 18 articles in the agreement, which was called, quote, on the permanent neutrality of Ukraine and security guarantees. And this top Ukrainian official, Arakamia, acknowledged that neutrality, quote, was the most important thing for them that he said Russia, quote, were prepared to end the war if we agreed to, as Finland once did, neutrality and committed that we would not join NATO. So this is confirming what critics of the Western war, proxy war in Ukraine against Russia, have been saying from the very beginning. We've been pointing out that Russia's concern was always about Ukraine joining NATO. Here you have a top ally of Zelensky saying that, yes, Russia's top concern in the peace talks was they, do not, they did not want us to join NATO. They wanted us to be neutral. He said that was the key point. And he said, in order to agree to this point, it was necessary for Ukraine to change the constitution because our path to NATO is written in the constitution. But then he added, when we returned from Istanbul, Boris Johnson came to Kiev and said that we would not sign anything with them at all and let's just fight. So this is direct confirmation from the mouth of a top Ukrainian official, an ally of Zelensky, that the Western powers led by the US and also Britain's Prime Minister Boris Johnson killed the peace deal that Russia wanted. 
And we reported on this here at Geopolitical Economy Report back in September of 2022. I will link to our report in the description below. In that report, I cited a very revealing admission that was made by two former U.S. government officials in an article that they published in Foreign Affairs, which is the media outlet of the powerful Council on Foreign Relations. And in September and October of 2022, in the edition of Foreign Affairs, they published this article called The World Putin Wants. And if you go down way buried in the middle of the article, they write, quote, According to multiple former senior U.S. officials we spoke with, in April 2022, Russian and Ukrainian negotiators appear to have tentatively agreed on the outlines of a negotiated interim settlement. Russia would withdraw to its position on February 23rd when it controlled part of the Donbass region and all of Crimea, and in exchange, Ukraine would promise not to seek NATO membership and instead receive security guarantees from a number of countries. This was acknowledged by Fiona Hill, who was the former senior director for Europe and Russia on the U.S. National Security Council from 2017 to 2019 under Donald Trump. So one of Trump's top Russia officials, someone involved in Russia policy, and the co-author was also Angela Stent, who likewise worked at the U.S. State Department. And a fun little quote in this article, they also note that in Latin America, Russia has become increasingly popular as more left-wing governments have come to power. There and elsewhere, Russia is still seen as a champion of the oppressed against the stereotype of U.S. imperialism. Of course, they say stereotype because they refuse to acknowledge that the U.S. is an empire and that U.S. imperialism is oppressing the global south, especially Latin America, and especially this year in 2023 on that 200th anniversary of the colonial Monroe Doctrine, which numerous U.S. government officials have invoked, acting as though Latin America is their colonial property, their so-called backyard, or as U.S. President Joe Biden claims, the U.S. front yard. But anyway... This, in this article, they acknowledge that in Latin America, many countries, many left-wing governments see Russia as an ally against U.S. imperialism. And they say many people in the global south view Russia as the heir to the Soviet Union, which supported their post-colonial national liberation movements. This is, again, a very frank admission in the the magazine of the Council on Foreign Relations, which is as mainstream as it gets. So all of this goes to show that the Western government propaganda narrative that Putin invaded Ukraine because he's an evil supervillain and wants to destroy democracy and all that nonsense, it's completely ridiculous. And if you do careful research, you can even find admissions in mainstream U.S. media outlets and Ukrainian media outlets acknowledging the fact that it was Russia that wanted peace and it was the Western powers led by the United States that prevented peace and encouraged this war, which again started in 2014. And then with this new phase, because the U.S. refused to give Russia security guarantees, Russia demanded written security guarantees in late 2021. And the U.S. and NATO told Russia, screw you, we're never going to sign an agreement with you. This was after the Trump administration tore up two different arms agreements 
with Russia, including the Open Skies Treaty and the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, the INF Treaty. And what that meant is that Russia was concerned that there was going to be a war, that Ukraine was going to join NATO and be used as a big U.S. military base to wage war on it. And Russia responded violently. But just a few weeks into Russia's war in Ukraine, which began in February 24th, 2022, by March, a few weeks later, Russia was willing to sign a peace agreement with Ukraine in peace negotiations in Turkey and in Belarus. And yet the West did not want peace. This is an undeniable fact that was also acknowledged by Israel's former prime minister, Naftali Bennett, in a video that he published on his own YouTube channel in February of 2023. In this interview, which was in Hebrew, he said, I was the mediator in the peace talks between Russia and Ukraine. And he said he turned to America and then he said that I couldn't do as I pleased. And he said everything that I did was coordinated down to the last detail with the U.S., Germany and France. And then the interviewer asked Bennett, he said, so they blocked it. And Bennett said, basically, yes. He said, they blocked it. The Western powers blocked peace. And he said, I thought they were wrong. So when you see these simplistic narratives in the Western media or from Western government officials saying that this is a battle between good and evil and that Putin simply wants to expand the Russian empire and overthrow independent governments and democracies. I mean, that is hypocritical projection of exactly what the U.S. empire does around the world, expanding NATO constantly right up to Russia's borders, threatening Russia with war. And at every single stage, it was the United States that opposed peace, just as, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode today, just as the United States is opposing peace in Gaza and sabotaging, vetoing ceasefire proposals in the UN Security Council and arming Israel, giving Israel advanced military equipment and weapons to help it carry out war crimes against the occupied Palestinian people. On that note, I'm going to conclude here. I'm Ben Norton. This is Geopolitical Economy Report. I want to thank everyone for joining me today. Please like and subscribe to this video if you're watching on YouTube. If you prefer listening to all of these episodes, you can check out the Geopolitical Economy Report podcast. And if you like the work that we do here, please consider supporting us. We are completely independent and we rely on donations from viewers and listeners like you. You can go to geopoliticaleconomy.com slash support. There are several ways that you can do donate. The best is you can go to patreon.com slash geopoliticaleconomy. Any support you could provide would go a long way. We have no institutional support. We have no big donors. We rely entirely on small donations. And I will see you all next time. Thanks a lot for joining me.